Shalom. Welcome to Ask JTF, the program in which we attempt to answer questions from our great JTFers. I'm Chaim Ben Pesach from the Jewish Task Force. This program is dedicated to a refuah shlema, complete recovery, for Sharon Mitman, Shlomo Ben Sarah, and Dorit Bat Sarah, and to Ilui Neshamot, elevating of the souls, for Malka Bat Meir, Allegra Bat Shlomo, Daniel Nankin, Victor Hazdai, Pesach Zeb Ben Dov, Lunita Adler, Shifra Hoffman, Ruben Hoffman, Barry Hoffman, Harab Mir Kahana, Harab Binyamin Kahana, Tsipora Fegi, Bat Liba, Yosef Ben Meir, Robert Mitman, Dennis Shur, Helen Friedman, and Charles Zolat. We have to discuss a program or an issue on this program that we've been speaking about and warning about for 30 years. Because now Iran, Muslim Nazi terrorist Iran, is really close to actually building a nuclear bomb. And once Iran develops nuclear bombs, God forbid, we're in a very, very dangerous period of time where the threat of a nuclear holocaust becomes a real threat. This is an existential threat to Israel. It's an existential threat to the United States. Everything should be done, and we've warned for 30 years, to stop Iran from having nuclear weapons or developing nuclear weapons. And we've had leaders of Israel and the United States, one after another, pledging and swearing that they will never allow Iran to go nuclear. Well, here we are on the verge of Iran going nuclear. On the day that we're doing this program, even the United Nations Nuclear Agency, which is pro-Iranian and pro-Muslim, but even the UN Nuclear Agency says that Iran is close to developing nuclear bombs and that they have that they that they that they have adequate uranium to do it, they have the resources to do it and 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 they're close to doing it, to, to actually building nuclear bombs at this point. So we have Iran on the verge of doing this, according to the UN nuclear agency. And yet the Israeli government and Israeli leaders are doing nothing about it. All the Israeli leaders have for decades have sworn to us that this is something they will never allow because it's such an existential threat. And they've said that this is, the, that this is a, an existential threat of nuclear holocaust against the people of Israel. And they're right when they said that. It really is. And that's something leaders on both sides have said, the left and the phony right, because in Israel you don't have any real right. You just have the left wing and, and the phony right wing. But all the leaders in Israel, of all the parties, have always said that this is an, ex- an existential threat. They've also said that Israel is capable of destroying Iran's nuclear bomb-making program militarily to prevent Iran from developing nuclear weapons, and Israel certainly is capable militarily. The problem is not Israel's military capability, because Israel can do it. The problem is that they don't intend to do it because they're so worried that Joe Biden will get mad at them. They're so worried that someone will condemn them or someone will say, oh, you can't do this because they're on the verge of signing a so-called agreement. They're so worried about that that they're willing to place the people of Israel under the very real threat of nuclear holocaust so as not to anger Western leaders. Just complete insanity. Insanity. And as as bad as Menachem Begin was, and he was a terrible prime minister, he gave away all of Sinai, he gave away all of the oil fields, he gave away three-fourths of Israel's territory in Sinai. Sinai was three-fourths of all the territory Israel had, and he just handed it over to Nazi Egypt. 
and hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens came through the Sinai and came into Israel and have taken over Israeli cities now thanks to Israel's surrender of the Sinai. Just insanity. Aside from the tens of billions of dollars that Israel loses in oil sales because Israel would have been a net exporter of oil, all of that went to Egypt now. And so now Israelis pay unbelievable prices for their oil, much higher than the United States when they fill up their cars with oil or when they when they when they use energy in their homes much higher rates than the United than the than Americans do it's just insane and in the Sinai people pay very little for, for it because they have they have the oil there that Jews that Israeli Jews found and discovered that Israeli Jews developed and built and handed all of their discoveries and everything over to their enemies in Egypt So Menachem Begin handing over the Sinai was a terrible prime minister, but even he, as bad as he was, even he destroyed Iraq's nuclear bomb-making program. Saddam Hussein was on the verge of building nuclear bombs, and he, in 1981, sent the Israeli Air Force in to destroy that program, and they did. In several hours, they destroyed it. They didn't lose a single plane. They didn't lose a single Israeli soldier. Now, the Iranian program is more widespread and more complicated and involved than the Iraqi program, that's true. But the Israelis, were, were, have, they've had Mossad people deep inside the program for a long time now. Everything, every time someone sneezes in Iran's nuclear program, the Israelis know about it. and Right away, they go to the world UN and say, look what they're doing, look, look what we've discovered, here are the documents, and they got all the documents from the Iranians, they got everything. They're deep inside. They 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 can from within from within they can sabotage and destroy the program and have Israeli planes come and bomb from from the air and from within they can set off explosives and destroy the program easily. But they won't do it because Joe Biden won't like it and Kamala Harris won't like it and her self-hating Jewish husband uh, of Kamala Harris won't like it and maybe. The, the the you know the Nazi the Nazi leader in Nazi Germany won't like it Nazi Germany that together with the European Union is funding every single program to undermine Israel and destroy Israel they won't like it now you see why there was a Holocaust now you see why there was a Holocaust with leaders like this and with such a stupid generation of Jews that allow these leaders like this to get away with this, to put them in such grave danger. Now you see why there was a Holocaust. The Jews who are so brilliant in science, in art, in culture, in medicine, inventions, creations, geniuses, a nation of geniuses beyond, no other people comes close to the Jews in all of these areas. When it comes to their own survival, the Jews are the dumbest people on the face of the earth most suicidal people on the face of the earth what a miracle that all of, all these ancient peoples that were much bigger, stronger and wiser than the Jews when it comes to survival they all disappeared and this pathetic people that doesn't even want to survive they go on and on and on and, and, and nobody can destroy them it's, it's a miracle from Hashem, from God but that doesn't mean there can't be terrible tragedies and there can't be massive loss of life, God forbid. We saw that during the Holocaust. And we, of course, want to avoid that.
For 30 years we've been warning about this, and we've had Israeli leaders, especially Netanyahu, promising that they're going to they're going to stop this. They're going to yeah, sure. Liars and cowards, the lowest of the low, and the Israeli people and the Jews in general accept it. Just like they listened to their leaders before the Holocaust. They obeyed the Nazis, they got into the cattle cars, they went to the concentration camps, they didn't resist and fight back. In the end, when it was already too late, when their backs were against the wall, a small minority of the Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto resisted, and a small minority here and there did did things. But the vast majority of Jews, they went along with the program and just uh, you know, willingly walked into the gas chambers and, and, and willingly let the, the Nazis take their children and burn and gas their children. It was unbelievable what happened during the Holocaust. And that, by the way, what I'm saying is is what happened. And and when Jabotinsky warned that there was going to be a Holocaust, when he warned them, they all cheered and applauded and came to his speeches. He had huge crowds all over Europe when Jabotinsky would come to speak. And he spoke in multiple languages and was a brilliant speaker. And they would come and listen to him and cheer and say, oh, what a great speaker, what a great leader, and then go home and do nothing about it. Same thing happened with Rabbi Meir Kahana, our great leader of blessed memory. He would also draw huge crowds and everybody wanted to come and listen to him speak. And they would always say, oh, we're behind you all the way, when in reality they were always way behind him. Way behind him. And now we have all these Jews in Israel and all the Jewish leaders and elections in Israel. Is anybody speaking about the nuclear threat from Iran? Nobody. Not one party, not one leader. Nobody. Something which all of them agree is a nuclear threat. None of them speak about this. There is no voice of sanity or truth in the elections. Not one party, not one leader. And it's not just Iran, it's on all the issues. Insanity. Insanity. We have an obligation to stand up and say never again and mean it. Rabbi Kahana is the one that coined the slogan never again. And they all copied it from him afterwards. We have an obligation to mean it. That's why the JDL went out to free Soviet Jews and to save two million Soviet Jews because we were not going to be silent like the, like American Jews were during the Holocaust when six million Jews were murdered. Hashem Yikom Damok, may God avenge their blood. Now that we're facing this tremendous threat, nobody, nobody's even aware, nobody even pays attention. It's come to the point where everybody's been anesthetized. Nobody even pays attention. There's a threat of a Palestinian state, which is another ex- existential threat. The Arabs are building, building, building in Judea and Samaria to create a Palestinian state, which will bring Israel back to borders that are only six to nine miles wide. Completely insane. Completely insane will endanger the lives of millions of Jews, God forbid. And the only people doing anything about it are the hilltop youth. And the only organization, the only organization that funds and supports the hilltop youth is JTF. And our sister organization, VJA, I mean, those are both our organizations. VJA is the tax-exempt group. That's it. In other words, we are the only ones funding this this group of heroes, the Hilltop Youth, who are the only hope for stopping a so-called Palestinian state. And by the way, there is no Palestine, there are no Palestinians. It's all an Arab lie. But 
the only hope are the hilltop youth and nobody nobody even supports them nobody backs them up and what a joke what a joke I mean, there are people in Israel who contribute to their to their funds that's true they have fundraising campaign and the people in Israel give them send them money although even that is a joke compared to what they really need I mean they they people in Israel should be giving them billions of dollars billions instead they're lucky if they raise hundreds of thousands of dollars and then we give them hundreds of thousands of dollars and what we've raised we've given them that but <laughs> you have any idea what a joke that is the Arabs are spending hundreds of millions of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars and yet these brave young Jews despite being so outnumbered and outgunned they take over huge tracts of land in Judea and Samaria to block the Arabs from creating a, a so-called uh, Palestinian state from creating a terrorist state that will endanger Israel's very survival and the Jews don't back them up what a tragedy anyway I want to give everybody who's watching this video an opportunity to be different from the mob and the masses the hopelessly apathetic masses in this apathetic generation apathetic and pathetic I want I want all of you that are different that do care to say I care I believe and I care I believe in Hashem I believe in the destiny of the Jewish people I believe what it says in the in the Tanakh and in the Torah is true and that we have to support them and we have to settle the land of Israel we have to save the Jewish people from things like the Iranian threat and from things like the threat of a Palestinian state I believe and I'm not going to be even if even if so many people in this generation are apathetic or give to stupid and ridiculous and even counterproductive causes I'm not going to be like that I'm going to give to the real truth because I know what the truth is for those of you who understand this message and understand what everything we're saying is so true for those of you that truly understand that we give you an opportunity to do more than just agree with us not just don't tell us you're behind us all the way when in reality you're way behind us we need action and we need people to to do something to make a difference here and so we want to give you a chance to financially support the hilltop youth that's something that certainly would make, make that's certainly something that makes a big difference there are two ways you can do that one is by going online and doing it online you go to our Hebrew main page hayamin.org and by the way if you if you do it online all of your donations online are completely tax deductible because all of those donations go to VJA to the Voice of Jewish Activism which is the tax deductible organization on the Hebrew main page on hayamin.org there is a donate button in English you click on the donate button in English it's on top the donate button you click on the donate button in English and in several minutes you can very conveniently make your contribution to help the Hilltop Youth and to show that you believe and that you're going to do something that you're going to do something to help save Israel and the Jewish people and, and to fight to make this a better world if you want if, if you prefer 
to send checks and money orders through the regular mail instead of doing it online that's also fine that's perfectly fine you would send your checks and money orders made out either to JTF or VJA if you want JTF the political organization you would make it out to JTF which is Jewish Task Force JTF if you want to tax if you want to the tax-exempt organization, you make it out to VJA. VJA stands for Voice of Jewish Activism, VJA. And you send your checks and money orders to JTF PO Box 650327, Fresh Meadows, New York, 11365. JTF PO Box 650327, Fresh Meadows, New York, 11365. Okay, let's go now to our questions from our great JTFers. And we start out with a question from from pro-Jew Greek Christian who writes, and I quote, Shalom Chaim, since I last asked the question on the show, my sweet mama has passed away in February. May she rest in peace. I was very close with her like you were with yours, and being in my mid-30s, this has been very difficult for me. I know you lost your mother around a year or two ago. May she rest in peace so you can understand what I'm going through. Any advice for me during this tough time? Um, <clears throat> I'm very, very sorry to hear that. I'm really, really sorry to hear that. Your mother should rest in peace. Um, I try to do things, good deeds, in my mother's name in her memory because I know that God rewards her soul when her children or when people in this world continue doing good things in the memory of someone who has passed away that elevates their soul in the next world because when people pass away they can no longer do God's commandments they can no longer do things to try to improve this world they're already in another world but they continue to get credit if people, because of their presence in this world, people do righteous things and do good things, they get credit for that, even after they passed away. By the same token, if, God forbid, we have someone who passes away who did evil in the world and they influence people to do evil, even after they pass away, if the evil continues, they continue to get punishment for that, God forbid. But I think doing good things in your mother's name and always praying for your mother and doing good things in her name and never forgetting her. Um, that, I do think that that elevates her soul and that brings her comfort in the next world and maybe can give you a little bit of comfort. Try to give yourself a little bit of comfort eventually. Uh, it's very, very hard. It's a very painful thing, uh, especially someone who's very close to their mother. <laughs> it's a very, very... A painful and difficult experience but um, we have to we have to try to elevate their souls and we have to believe that there is well, well first of all there's no question that life does not end when someone passes away that there's no question about and uh, there's a very good chance that your mother is in a better place now better place than where we are even there's a very very good chance of that right now of course we don't know exactly where everybody goes and exactly how it works until we get there we don't know but we do know for sure that there is a world beyond this world that there is a God and there is a world beyond this world that we know for sure <clears throat> 
So, again, I'm really, really sorry about the passing away of your mother and the passing away of my mother, whom I think of every single day and who I love with all my heart. I've never loved anyone the way I love my mother. Um, it's it's painful and it's very difficult. Um, and again, I just uh, want to tell you again that uh, how sorry I am and how I hope that maybe eventually you could find a little comfort by doing good deeds in her name and by elevating her soul. And uh, pro-Jew, Greek Christian now writes, also I'm going to Israel next week and plan to visit Jerusalem and all the holy sites. I will leave a note praying for my mother in the Western Wall. I wanted to ask as well if you have any recommendations for things I should do or see in Israel. Also, do you think I should go to the Temple Mount just to go up there, just 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 to see up there and be up there even though even though that hideous mosque is there polluting the holiest site in the world. Thank you so much. Chaim may Hashem bless you, Paul. Okay. Um I yes, I think you you should go up to the Temple Mount, yes. And I don't think you'll have a problem uh, I think they'll allow you to go up. You know, some days they don't, uh, some days they do. Uh but if you can, uh I think you should. Um, um, in Israel, the sites you should see. Well, of course, you're going to Jerusalem. You're going. You, you're going to go to the Western Wall. That's very good. Um, I was going to tell you. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good idea. So I'm not going to suggest what I was going to suggest. I don't know if it's a good idea. Um, but um, try to visit as much as you can without making your trip too hectic but try to see as much of Israel as you can it's a beautiful country and it will give you hope because you'll see how a people that was that was decimated and, and left for dead and faced a hopeless situation 2000 years ago came back after 20 centuries and revived their homeland, resurrected their homeland, fulfilled biblical prophecy against all odds. It's it's just such an astounding story that anyone who 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 knows what it, what the predictions are what the what the prophets told us would happen in the Bible and then sees all the prophecies fulfilled in the state of Israel in the land of Israel today would have to be blind not to understand that what it says in the Bible and what God promises us is coming true in our day. Thank you so much. And again, uh, a tremendous sorrow and, and sharing your sorrow for your mother. And may she rest in peace. And now we go to the great Hidavatsky Noahide who writes, and I quote, Can you name a biblical Noahide who was completely righteous? Hmm. You know, I don't know. Completely righteous. I know there are Jews in the Bible that were taught that were completely righteous. Um, let's say including Binyamin, including Yishai, the father of uh, David, Hamelech of King David, um, including Amram father of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses. 
Um, But a biblical Noahide, Noahides are righteous Gentiles. So it wouldn't be Ruth. Ruth was a Gentile. She was a very righteous Gentile, but then she became Jewish. So it couldn't be, it, we can't be speaking about Ruth. Um, um, it couldn't be Hiram. Hiram was a righteous Gentile who was the king in Sur, and he helped uh, Shlomo build the holy temple, and he also helped David, when David was king, build his home. Um, and he was certainly righteous at one time, but then eventually he went bad because he, <clears throat> because of his ego, he eventually started asking people to worship him as if he's a god. Uh, so that that turned out to be bad in the end. Uh, so it couldn't be him. Malchitzedek um, uh, could be Malchitzedek. It's possible. Blessed, blessed Abraham. Um, blessed our father Avraham who was the world's first Jew uh, you know I'm just not sure um, I don't think it's Yitro Yitro, by the way I'm giving you names in Hebrew I hope that this isn't confusing people Yitro is Jethro in English but Yitro was, was Moses' father-in-law he was certainly very righteous there are some who, who claim that he, he converted to Judaism but that's questionable it's we're not sure of that. Uh, also, when he was, you know, before before being influenced by Moshe Rabbeinu, by Moses, um, he was a high priest for all types of idolatry. So I don't think he would be called completely righteous. I don't know. He could have. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Hirvatsky. I threw out some things that are in my mind, but uh, I'm just not sure what the answer is. So I'm curious to see what what you're going to tell us in response to the program. Thank you, Hidabatsky, for, for a very interesting question. I apologize for not for not knowing the answer. And now we go to, or not being sure about the answer, at the very least, and now we go to our good friend Benjamin Yisrael, who writes, and I quote, one, discuss the following Russians, Boris Yeltsin, president from 1991 to 1996. Uh, he was just a drunken bum, a real, a real alcoholic who was literally falling all over the place, drinking and falling all over the place, even at presidential summits, even when he came to, to, to the summit to meet with Bill Clinton in the 1990s. He was literally falling all over the place from from massive drinking. I mean, this, this, you know, just th this guy lived on vodka. Um, unfortunately, most Russians are alcoholics. Most Russian men are alcoholics, and that's not an exaggeration. The majority of Russian men drink five bottles of vodka a week. I consider that to be alcoholism. And Boris Yeltsin, he was just, oh, he was such a disastrous leader. Just a disaster. Uh, an, an evil person also, but, I'm, but a, a catastrophe. Next, uh, Dmitry Medved. Medvedev, who was president from 2008 to 2012, well, he was president with, with Obama when Obama was in the White House. He was a puppet of Vladimir Putin. Uh, he's the one that uh, Obama met with and had summits with. Um, he was just a puppet of Vladimir Putin. And the next one on the list is Vladimir Putin, the, the dictator, the KGB agent and dictator and mass murderer um, who is helping Iran build nuclear bombs um, he's just a vicious, cold, brutal 
Soviet type leader. I mean, he's there's no real difference between Russia, the 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 R- Russian dictator Putin and, and Soviet dictator Brezhnev or Soviet dictator Khrushchev or so the other Soviet dictators. It's same basic ruling style. He mur- he 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 kills all of his opponents and silences all opposition. Controls the Soviet economy and loots the Soviet economy, and he's worth tens of billions of dollars, which he's robbed from the Russian people. Just a, a vicious, immoral monster. Uh, and by the w- and by the way, you know the war in Ukraine. I mean, even though he's a monster, the leaders of Ukraine, including uh, Zelensky, are also monsters. Just uh, for the record. Uh, next one is Yvette um, Levovich Lieberman, aka Avigdor Lieberman. Avigdor Lieberman is a Jew who who left Russia and came to Israel, a corrupt, evil, self-hating Jew, um, who is now the Treasury Minister in Israel, Sarhot Sar, which means the Minister of the Treasury. Uh, complete fraud, complete opportunist and political prostitute without any principles. And Binyamin now writes, too, have you ever been to Newark Airport? Have you f- flown from there? Do you have an affirmative action story from there? If yes, were you flying to? Where were you flying to and was it before or after the Arab Muslim Nazi September 11th attacks? Um... When I was thrown out of Israel in 1996, I came back through Newark Airport. They deliberately put me on a plane when they forcibly put me on the plane to throw me out of Israel in 1996 when I attempted to make Aliyah. Uh, They sent me to Newark Airport. Um, And, you know, it's a horrible place, uh, Newark Airport. It's actually even worse than LaGuardia and JFK, which are the two New York airports. Um, it just looked like a dirty, nasty place. Um, I don't remember if there was any affirmative action story. There might have been. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember, really. I just remember coming back through Newark, and I remember my beautiful parents, Alihem uh, HaShalom, um, they should rest in peace, coming and picking me up at the airport, and how sad they were that their son was thrown out of Israel at the same time when Benjamin Netanyahu was welcoming and hugging Yasser Arafat. Thank you, Benjamin. And now we go to Ram Sheva Sheva Efes, who writes, and I quote in Hebrew, Shalom Chaim HaTzadik, Ma Shalomcha, Ech Hayalecha Harayayon, Im Moshe Feglin, Mekaveh Shehaya Mutzlach, Vegam, Madatcha Lasot Reayon Etzel Harav, Eres Shachar, Vegam Etzel, Shachar David Umadatcha Nase Shuv Mivgash Sum Nosaf Shakatosh Burhu Yavarechotcha Beavat Yisrael Ram Meir Abraham. And Ram is asking me about I just did a um a long interview, one hour and twenty minutes with Moshe Feiglin. Um so I hope we're gonna be we might get some subtitles on that, put it in English. We are gonna be uploading it in Hebrew, that's for sure. Because uh, it was in he obviously the interview was in Hebrew, uh, so the Israelis are going to be able to get a chance to see it. And he's already published. Uh, Moshe Feiglin's already publicizing it on his site, which has thousands. He has thousands of members on his site, so that's good for the Hilltop Youth because we discussed the Hilltop Youth there, and we discussed the the JDL and Rabbi Kahana and the history and 
our campaign to save Soviet Jews. So it was a, I thought it was a good interview. Ani choshev she harayon haita hatslacha. By the way, Ram already saw the interview, so uh, you know he's asking me about it. So, but when he wrote it, he obviously didn't see it. But now he has seen uh, the interview, so. Ram ani yodea sheta hezanta la reayon kivar ani choshev she lefachot yacholti ledaber al noar agevaot veal harav kahana zatzal veal nosim domim ani choshev sheze ani choshev sheze tov ani modelcha ram Thank you, Ram. And now we go to our friend Joe Gutfeld, who writes, I quote, Shalom Chaim, we just had the 25th anniversary of Prince Diana's death. Do you think that the British government conspired to kill her in that Paris tunnel? What are your memories of when you heard the news of her passing? Thanks. Um, I don't remember, because she was never important to me, so I don't remember uh, what I was doing 25 years ago when she died. Um, I don't, I I detest uh, the British so-called royal family and I detest um, the people who married into the family including uh, Princess Diana who was uh, sleeping with an Egyptian Muslim Um, so you know I I, I have no respect for any of them Uh, I don't think the British no I don't think the British government conspired to kill her I don't I do not believe that uh, but uh, I, I certainly had no respect for her, and uh, and I don't have any respect for for the so-called British royal family. Thank you, Joe. And now we go to our friend Truth Spreader, who writes, and I quote, "Dechaim, why is Africa and the rest of the third world so dirty?" Unquote. A great question, Truth Spreader, and and the answer is because they're lazy. You know, cleaning things up and and making sure that your streets are clean, and they don't even have many third world countries that don't even have streets they just have dirt roads but um, they're just lazy they're lazy and and irresponsible and selfish and jealous and that leads to cultures that that uh, create societies where where you don't have you don't have decent neighborhoods and decent communities and clean neighborhoods and clean communities thank you truth spreader and now we go to our good friend, angry Chinese Kahanist, who writes, and I quote, in your opinion, why do you think many Jews pretend to be Italians? For example, Billy Joel, the Fonz, and many New York City Jews, unquote. You know, angry Chinese uh, uh, angry Chinese Kahanist, that's a great question, and it's true. Jews try to escape being Jewish. You got Jews that want to be black, why I'll never know, but look at all the Jews that imitate blacks. Uh, you have a moron in Israel called um, Hatzel. Hatzel means the shadow, and he's an Israeli with the tattoos all over his body, and he calls himself a rapper, and tries to imitate blacks. I mean, just there's so many people who who, who they imitate the worst cultures. Now, Italians, of course, are not blacks. Italians did have a a very high level of culture in Italy, so it's not the same thing by any means. But the fact that Jews are ashamed to be Jewish, that's disgraceful no matter who they're imitating. I think they imitate Italians 
because Italians had a reputation for being tough and the Jews don't have that reputation outside of Israel. They have a reputation for being wimps in many cases. And and this is a sad situation. They don't get it. They don't understand. They're so afraid to be they're so afraid to be courageous and to be principled and to be and to stand for the truth like Rabbi Kahana did or like the Hilltop Youth do. They're so afraid to do that. They think that that causes anti-Semitism when Jews are stubborn and idealistic and stand for the truth. The opposite. People would respect them if they if they did that. It's the opposite. But they don't get it. They never get it. Instead, they teach their children to be cowards and to run away. Don't hit. Don't uh, don't hit. Don't cause trouble. Run away. You know this is what they teach their kids. And so you know and so their kids are bullied in school and. And they're afraid to, you know, they're, they don't even want to admit they're Jewish and they run away from being Jewish. Um, you've got this senator from Colorado, Bennett, who pretends he's not Jewish, and so many other people, you know, in life, uh, just sick people. Uh, it's, it's, really, it's, really, it's really a mental illness. Why wouldn't somebody want to be part of the Jewish people? The Jewish people, all they accomplished, all they've accomplished in history, such a brilliant talented, unbelievably successful people and God's people, God's chosen people and they don't want to be part of that. Instead, they run to every other possibility. It's uh, it's really, really, it's really, really sick. Thank you, Angry Chinese Kahanis. I want to thank everybody for another program of SJTF that I very much enjoyed doing. And I hope that will inspire people to work to make this a better world, to work to fight for the survival of Israel and the Jewish people, because if we work together as a team, we can make this a better world and we can change Jewish history. For JTF, until next week, this is Chaim Ben Pesach. Shalom.